Hello. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of IntelliCast. Um, this episode's title, Conference Season, is in full swing. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in between two conferences. We'll talk about those in this episode. Um, thanks for listening. And if you want to reach out to us, you can email us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. You can follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research on Twitter, or IntelliCast1 on Twitter. You can also leave us a voicemail or text us at 513-401-5463. Um, can we take a call today? If someone actually calls us, sure. Okay. I would love to take a call, so call us. Um, joining us today, Producer Brian, who you just heard. Hello. Hello. And intern Emma. Oh, my gosh. Hello. Hi. Intern Emma produced an episode um, late last year, so she's she does a lot of work behind the scenes, so I'm happy to have her on board. She also did all of the best ofs for this past year as well. Okay. Oh, put that on your resume. Oh, I absolutely will. <laughs> awesome. Um, current events. First of all, how's it going, you two? Any news in your all's personal lives or anything you want to talk about? Other than my daughter has lost her first tooth. Okay. Um, was Tooth Fairy was a bit unprepared. Oh, it yeah, went yeah. from being loose to being out in 48 hours. Oh. So, and we're talking when it was loose, it was just a little loose. Yeah. So, my wife and I were a bit scrambling come yeah. Friday night. What to... do you do? Do you give, like, I don't know, what do you, do you have like a gift card you have laying around? Some change yeah. on the couch? Well, we had to figure out, well, what's the denomination we were going to provide? What is the going rate? Is it $5? It feels like $5. Uh, Depends on who you ask. So my wife actually put this out on Facebook as a poll for people around okay. the Ohio area of what, how much do you give your kids? We got it ranged anywhere from $0.25 cents to $10. Yeah. it's The $10 seems a tad ridiculous. The the $0.25 cents seems ridiculous too. Like if, if I found a quarter under my pillow, I'd throw it at somebody. I don't yeah. care how old you are. Right, we, Emma? Yeah. I mean, I got a dollar and I thought that was pretty okay. cool. Okay. So, dollar. Yeah. All right. That's what we went with. We went with a dollar. Okay. Um, we are going to try to find, I'm not sure if these are still in circulation, the Sacagawea dollar coins. Okay. That's what we were going with. Growing up in Canada, I got the loonies. So oh. we wanted dollar coins. I know, you hear that. Oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> yeah, so we wanted to do that. It's just we haven't made it to a bank to see if we that is something we can get. Okay. We had a couple laying around, but as the teeth start to fall out now, we might be in trouble. Okay. Do we have any phone, do we have any phone calls waiting on the line? <laughs> no, this isn't live. Oh, okay. Oh, I put I did a shout out. I, I thought the phone would be ringing off the hook. No. Okay. Hey, since we have two marketing people here, do we have sound effects? Can you all throw some sound effects in here? Maybe in post production. Okay. All right. Sorry, I'm throwing a lot at him. I'm a little crazy today. Um, other current event. I think we kind of have to talk about Kobe, right? I think we do. Yeah. Yeah. So, intern Emma, I haven't heard your thoughts on Kobe Bryant. Do you have any thoughts, or you want me to go first? I I can say. Yeah. Um, what do you think? It was just sad, I guess. I don't know. I felt sad about his daughter, too. I don't know. Yeah, it's obviously sad. And I've, I've gone through stages of grief, I realized, today. So we're, we're recording this on Wednesday. Is this today Wednesday? It is Wednesday, yes. Okay. And so he died on Sunday. Like, I was probably more upset last night than I was on Sunday. Um, just, you know, you start seeing, I saw the Shaq video and people doing more retrospectives. I guess we're at that stage of the morning that where people are telling stories about him and his mood is lightened a little bit, but it's still very sad. Yeah. It, it gets, you can feel it with the people who are close to him, like Shaq, yeah. who, you know, he had the rift with him for a while. And yeah. I think his speech, his speech last night about wishing he had reached out to him earlier. And yeah, that what, if home, they, right? the, what if they had stayed together, they could have had eight championships and yeah. this and that. 
Yeah. Like even his Shaq's son was texting Kobe that morning, yeah, and he had, he replied back after the helicopter had gone down. And uh, like, that was the last thing I, that was the last message I got from him. Yeah, super sad. I was a big Kobe Bryant fan, and it's one of the first athletes I think that the majority of like NBA fans saw his whole career. Really, I mean, he, he's still he's so young. He just played a couple of years ago, and so I remember him obviously in high school and throughout the entire era. It was like a Kobe era after Jordan left. They left a gap, and then kind of Kobe took it over until LeBron took it over. So, yeah. I think those years where he and Shaq were together and they went for that three in a row, Yeah, that was probably the most NBA I've watched in my lifetime. And that was to watch that span of them going, can they do it again? And then— Right. Agreed. Well, that's a sad topic for current events. I felt we should have led with that and then ended with a tooth fairy. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to market research news. Yeah. Really this producer Brian? Yeah, so what seems to be our we almost need a segment for this of called the data breaches. Yeah, privacy. But yeah. Um the in the recent news, there were 160,000 personal data breaches that have been reported across Europe under GDPR to date. So since it was launched, 160,000. Uh the top 3 countries for the breaches were the Netherlands, Germany, and the UK. Brian, your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, should we be surprised that Netherlands is the number one breach of data privacy? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too, I'm overthinking it with like Amsterdam and all the loose laws they have in Netherlands. That's what I'm thinking. People are up to no good in the Netherlands. The, what's your explanation for Germany then? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't have. A, I think it's just a huge, probably huge population. They do a lot of research and a lot of data there. They're more like U.S. See, yeah, UK and Germany wouldn't surprise me. Netherlands really stands out. I think it's because the people are up to no good. They deserve whatever fines they're getting. But on a serious note, um, that's crazy. What is it, 160,000? Yeah. Personal data breaches. Um, 22,000 in the UK, which seems just like a ton to me. And that's in less than two years. Because what we talked about this and going live in like May of 2018, right? Yeah, not that long ago, right. So, a little over a year and a half. Yeah, we're a little over a year and a half, and that's 160,000. So, yeah, we'll see how they do the fines. Obviously, they'll probably start finding the people that have, you know, billions and trillions of cash, like brand names we've heard of, probably. I'd, we'll see how it trickles down to the small mom and pop shops that maybe just made a mistake. I'm curious to know how many are in like social media or your kind of tech giants, your Amazons, your right. Facebooks, your Twitters, your. Snapchats, how many of those are yep. the guilty party in that? Agreed. Hey, Emma, do you do you have uh, do you, in school, you're a student right now, right? Well, first of all, let's introduce Emma. Emma, tell us about yourself real quick. Um, I am the marketing <laughs> intern at EMI. Okay. I'm a junior at UC, okay. and I'm a liberal arts major, okay. which means that I have concentrations in psychology, marketing, and English. Okay. So you're not, a bit, you're not in the business college at, at all? No, just for my marketing minor. A marketing minor. As part of that minor, are you covering? Do you are you all being taught like this data privacy stuff? Like, do you know about GDPR and CCPA in that college? No, I learned no. all that here. Yeah. yeah, so you're learning on the job here. Okay, I didn't think so. I was wondering. It probably is covered. Like, if you're a marketing major, I would assume. But as a minor, probably not. It's yeah. a little too detailed. I'm not even sure if it would be covered in a major. I mean, yeah, it... I would think under like a private. I think that data privacy is probably a topic in a class somewhere and as part of that they're probably talking about that it's probably a topic i don't think it yeah. has its own class oh certainly not its own class yet yeah exactly <laughs> right 
Um, and you mentioned Amazon. I've got breaking news for the podcast. Remember, <laughs> you're aware yeah, of this. News. Yes, I'm aware of this. On January 1st, um, I reached out to the following companies and asked for my personal data because I could do that in California for California-based companies at least. Uh, so I reached out to Amazon, Apple, Facebook, who am I missing? A big one. Amazon, Apple, Facebook. Google. Google. Yeah, I reached out to all four. And just earlier this week, I heard back from Amazon, which is really cool. They have a really cool process in place. So I would, if anybody wants to reach out to Amazon and request all their personal data, you can do it. They'll get back to you. I mean, it's late January. It took them less than a month to get back. And it was pretty cool. I just got tons of Excel files, all of my Amazon Echo, everything I've ever said Amazon Echo they sent me, everything I've ever downloaded or watched on Amazon Prime, um, my preferences. There was just a ton of data. It was probably 40 different um, CSV files. Now, with that, where did you go through all of it, and were there some spots where maybe your Amazon Echo was picking up some stuff it shouldn't have? No, there, there, I didn't see. I haven't gone thoroughly through it yet. I, I was hoping for more data, such as if they've put me in a segmentation, like um, I'm a male that is a purchaser of these types of movies or things like that, and to start targeting me. Um, they, they, as far as I can tell, they didn't provide me with any of that information. I was kind of, that's what really what I was hoping for, was get the insights and in how they use my data, which I think they should be providing to me. Um, I mean, maybe I have a lawsuit. I don't know. Probably not. But maybe, probably not since I'm not a California resident, first of all. Probably not. Since this only really applies to California residents. But I thought it was interesting. They were the first ones to get back to me. I should probably write a blog about this or do a webinar, I think. I think so. Um, I would be interested if I did that just because I share my Amazon account with my wife and my kids watch a lot of stuff through Amazon Prime. So right. I probably fit in some weird categories. Yeah, there was game stuff on there that uh, my son had downloaded some games. on What's their, like, not the iPad. Free but the, time? Not, not an iPad. What's the their Fire? device? Yeah, the Amazon Fire. He has that. And so a lot of that, which I was unaware of. So you can really, this is going to be a way, there's going to be some things that come out of this that are going to get some people in trouble once they start seeing everything they watched, everything they downloaded. People are probably up to some no good behavior. I feel it's going to start some fights with couples about like your, when you're watching a show together and binging and someone kind of binge cheats when oh. they go ahead. I feel it's going to start some fights. It tells you the exact day and time that you did everything, like down to the second. So it's it's pretty granular. Um, I'm kind of a nerd, so that's why I did it. Is that in the news segment? Is that it? I, that's it. Um, there wasn't think, much news. I think no. if you're a company, if you're listening out there, do something to get in the news. It's been kind of a slow news month to start off the year, I think. So let's, let's all go out there and maybe buy up a company. Let's emerge. Let's um, do something interesting, announce a big innovation, um, funding. I agree. So go out and do, do that. So all of the, all your listeners, thank you. Yeah. Uh, kind of turning over to what we talked about as the title of this episode, it okay. is conference season. Yes. Um, with that in mind, you did just get back from Miami with your trip to the Insights Association Great Lakes Chapter right. Winter Meeting. Um, why don't you tell us about that? I know you took your wife, so I'm sure you yeah. had some... Some personal stuff in there too, but... Yeah, so yes, this was a um, Great Lakes chapter of the Insights Association has had a winter conference in Florida, I think for at least 20 years. It was They've been doing this since pre-merger, so when the before CASRO and MRA merged, um, the local chapter has always gone to Florida. And so this was my first time going to the winter conference. It was awesome, by the way. So first of all, I highly recommend people get involved in 
your local insights association chapter. It's so rewarding. Um, good networking, good peer network, and um, just collaborating with others, which is kind of the premise of the insights association. Um, small conference, so you can you can kind of talk to everybody. There was maybe fifty people there. Um, Miami, obviously, in late January, it was probably thirty degrees here. I think it snowed some while I was gone. Yeah, kind yeah. of sleet as well. Yeah, so it was the low, I think, when I first got there was about 60, and it was between 60 and 80 the entire time, right on the ocean. It was a nice resort, so that that was awesome, just to kind of just be in Miami for a few days. And I, like you mentioned, I brought my wife. Um, we stayed an extra day and just kind of went to South Beach and saw all the Super Bowl prep, which was kind of cool. They were furiously working to build sets and landscaping and painting and putting lights up and all kinds of like pre-work for the Super Bowl. Um, so it was really cool. That brings that question. Uh, it's surprising that they would put that in Miami, knowing Miami is the Super Bowl this coming Sunday. When this comes out, it has already happened. Yeah. But with that in mind, knowing of all of the kind of influx of people, media and everybody else coming into the city that they yeah. would have that, they, cause they'd be coming in pretty much the weekend right after you're done. Yeah. So yeah, I think starting on Friday, Saturday, like a lot of people were coming in. You would see people that had like either um, NFL Players Association badges or NFL badges or Fox. You saw a lot of Fox since they're doing the Super Bowl. I think doing a lot of pre-work and there was a lot of marketing and advertising. It. I was at actually Fort Lauderdale Airport and Miami Airport. There's a ton of advertising. Um, I think Miami is such a big city and this kind of lends itself to the one of the topics. Someone from the Miami um, Visitors Bureau spoke, and it was really interesting. I love that kind of stuff. I love how um, cities utilize data to either attract businesses or to leverage it for tourists and visitors and talk about that. It was a, I love that kind of stuff. Um, I felt like that guy had a great job, and he spoke really cool about Miami. And I, Miami's building the largest shopping mall in the world. I didn't know that. Yeah, Edmonton's going to be a little upset about that. I mean, what Edmonton? else does Edmonton have? Besides negative 40-degree weather in the winter? I, I, and the you, Oilers? It's not the first time you've mentioned that. Does Edmonton have a big shopping mall? Yes, it's bigger than the Mall of America. Oh, God. That's like Canadian version, though. Like, like What's, the, what's the, the exchange rate for size in Canada versus America? It's, America's got to be much bigger. 1.3 times its size. That's not how that works. Okay. Pretty sure it is, but I don't know. We'll move on. Um, enough bashing in Canada. Um but the topics were awesome, and the, I, the blog, by the time you listen to this, will be out. Probably two blogs will be out. But a lot of the topics, and it wasn't intentional, surrounded diversity. And so it was diversity of um, kind of workplace was one of them, one of the topics. So ensuring that work workplaces have diversity of people. And I recently joined the diversity education um, team for the Great Lakes chapter. I think we're the only chapter that has that team, by the way. Um, We'll talk more about that on a future episode upcoming, but um, this really kind of hit home in that I used to think kind of the, I was really kind of short-sighted, short-minded with what diversity meant, that it was probably age, gender, ethnicity were kind of the big ones, but the, the, the speakers were awesome in that diversity means so much, much more than that, much more than kind of demographic characteristics and that attitudes and behaviors, so like introverts and extroverts have different needs in a workforce, and it's it's important to be inclusive of all those different personality types. And also, the company should should um, have advantages if you have different types of thinking. 
And so that was one of the topics I really enjoyed that. Lending itself to that topic was how to communicate to different personality types, which was always interesting. I think communication is driver of a lot of problems in the workforce. So having someone speaking on that was was pretty cool. Uh, we had somebody speak about, um, he claims, I think it is, I think this was published in Quirks, but someone spoke about the first study among undocumented Hispanic immigrants in the U.S. and compared that to um, other Hispanic immigrants. And that was just fascinating to me. The part I kind of nerded out on was how they determine the methodology so hey, I'll ask you a quiz. Let's, you don't know the answer to this. I'm gonna, I'll quiz you here live on the air. And let's, all right. All right, here we go. So they decided between three different methodologies to, enter, to talk to unauthorized Hispanic immigrants. All right? So these are people that are probably in America illegally. Um, they could choose one of three methods. Number one, they could call them on the phone. Okay? Um, okay. And so how they call people on the phone is probably challenging. Telephone research has its advantages and disadvantages in general. Um, likewise, for unauthorized immigrants, it probably has a lot of advantages and disadvantages, right? Right. Secondly, online, which is closer to what EMI does, is you could go to a panel and you could um, send email invitations to them. Um, and then the third way would be in person. And so you could kind of go to a, maybe a bodega or you could go to a shopping mall or you could stand on the street and have interviewers um, interview people. Kind of like mall intercepts? Yep, exactly. Yep. Okay. Just like that, only you could be kind of strategic about where you put people. So probably a lot of them are in Texas and Southern California, and then you could probably, if you wanted a representative, you could go to other areas, bigger cities probably. So yep. online, phone, in person. What would you think is the best methodology that they found to interview unauthorized Hispanic? Emma, I'll let you guess first. I want to say online, but I feel like that's not the answer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Online. All right. I would say, I think it's phone. Phone? Why would you say phone? Um, they probably integrated, and to give you a little background, I read the Quirks article, oh. so <laughs> I kind of knew the answer already. First of all, this is an insight alone that you actually read this Quirks article? Yeah. I, I was reading because you had mentioned that they were talking about this. I'm like, okay. oh, this is in here. This is interesting. Oh. And they first did. First of all, you it went was, above and beyond that our marketing producer, yeah. Brian, is reading Quirks. Because it was, <laughs> I think it was, didn't they use like computer automated, some sort of dialing? No. no what, well, they tried a lot of different methods, and so... I think any of them could work. Um, the conversation that we had with like 50 researchers around this very topic that we're talking about now was really interesting. Um, but yeah, they went with phone and, the, and they had to, it was an iterative process that they changed the intro because the most important thing was to build trust. And so they didn't start off with, hey, are you unauthorized or not? Yes or no. So they had to build a rapport with people. And not only that, they hired the telephone interviewers that they hired were former unauthorized immigrants in the U.S. So I think this was in Mexico City, where the phone center was, somewhere in Mexico, or where they, um, where they did the telephone interviewers. But yeah, it was all via phone, which I thought, thought was pretty interesting. Um, they changed the intro multiple times um, in order to kind of build that trust with respondents. But they interviewed 300. I do find that really surprising. I, even reading the article in Quirks, I found it surprising just because it, I'm thinking of challenges that like the polling industry has had, that it's yep. increasing the costs of phone in, of phone surveys just yeah. because of people not wanting to answer their phones when it's an unlisted number, particularly on your cell phone, and landlines yeah. going down. I mean, personally, if, it's a num if a name doesn't pop up on my phone, I'm sending it to voicemail, and if it's important, they'll leave a voicemail. 
Yep. And then I'll call them back. I might not listen to the voicemail. Then if they left a voicemail, then I, okay, it's a real call. Yep. Certainly a challenge that um, as an industry we face is not only telephone research in general, which is just the exact reason that you're mentioning a lot. I mean, most people don't have home phones anymore. Um, and you can't currently can't use random digit dialing for mobile phones, so that increases right. costs, right? And then secondly, how do you incorporate the opinions of unauthorized Hispanics, which are very important. They're out there buying things, and for a lot of the marketing research that we do, it's important to include those opinions of how they're buying and shaping products and services because they're in America just like anybody else, and they're spending money, and so their opinions are important. Do you disagree, intern Emma? No, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Um, but back to let's go back to the GLC event in Miami. Overall, it was excellent. Get involved with the Insights Association. Um, there's lots of events out there. There's national events. There's chapter events. There's happy hours. There's networking events. And you can just meet some great people. The people that organize this and the leadership team of the GLC is all volunteers. Um, and they work so tirelessly. Um, so I'm, I'm on the board recently. became treasurer. So... I'm so proud to kind of work hand in hand with these people. They're just awesome to work with. And it's, it is a lot of work, but um, it's so rewarding. So, Also, I know you went to a basketball game. It seems to be a trend now yes. with the Great Lakes chapter. Because yes. I know, what was it, September, october when you went up to Detroit for the fall meeting. Yes. You guys went to go see the Pistons. Well, we didn't actually see the Pistons, but one of the speakers came from the Detroit Pistons. Okay. So Shelly Boren um, of the Detroit Pistons kind of created her own position, I think, for the Detroit Pistons around marketing research and corporate research and what they do. And she spoke about that at the fall conference in Detroit. She's now on the board, so which is awesome to have like a client-side um, researcher as well as just supply-side. And so she was in Miami this time. And so she's, she's awesome. She's super smart. Um, she adds a ton to the chapter and to the board. Um, I don't think it's because of her that we had this networking event at the Miami Heat, um, but I think she was excited about it just to kind of see what, you know, I don't know if you call it competitive intelligence, but see what other people are doing other than outside of Detroit Pistons. But this was one of the best networking events I've ever been to. Um, we had like a happy hour networking event at the Miami Heat um, Arena, um, American Airlines Arena, and it was overlooking the city of Miami, which is beautiful, and it was, you know, 65 degrees, and... Uh, there's a DJ there. They're recording the pregame show. Um, just amazing service because they really take take care of the the you know the customer service. It was like maybe sixty people went to this networking event. Okay. And um, I just had an awesome time. A, a couple of Kentucky players. I'm a UK basketball fan. A couple of Kentucky players attend, were good in the game. Went to overtime, which a lot of people didn't like because it was getting late um, for those of us that are old. It probably didn't end until. 10.15, 10.30, and we still had to take a shuttle back to the hotel. But it was an amazing um, experience. What would you say was your favorite thing, if other than the basketball game? Was it a meal or something you did with your wife or um, the speaker? Or I'll what? give two things. Okay. First, um, with my wife, we, we found a restaurant. <laughs> this is kind of funny. We found a restaurant called City Bird in Miami that my wife has celiac, and so she is gluten-free. And I found a restaurant um, that has gluten-free fried chicken. And it's kind of a Southern-style restaurant that is gluten-free fried chicken. And I'm like, what, what? I'm from Kentucky. Okay. How do I have to go to Miami to get gluten-free fried chicken? But that's what we did. And so it was, a, it was an awesome meal. Um, everything was gluten-free, obviously. Just good service. We sat outside. And, and you know, if I can get something gluten-free. Usually when I travel with my wife, 
to a bigger city like New York or Chicago, and they always have gluten-free. It's easier to find pasta and pizza and now fried chicken. So from a personal level, that was awesome. And getting, you know, having my wife, I'm at the conference, and she's just hanging out at the beach in the pool. That was kind of cool. Yeah. I know you normally take her to at least once, one a year, and yeah, this one, seems to be a good limit. one. Yeah. One's usually her limit. Um, and then on the, uh, another level, one of the presentations um, was a, was from students from Northern Kentucky University. And so this is probably a long story. This is going to be a long podcast. I didn't think it would be. It's been a lot. It's going to be one of the longer ones you and I have done oh in gosh. a while. Okay. So um, for our chapter won a grant through the Diversity and Education Committee around engagement of the chapter. And as part of this grant, we were going to find identify some students and mentor these students that would... In turn, they would design research to measure engagement. And I was fortunate to be one of the mentors, along with Leanne Evans of Directions um, and Tim Taylor, who um, I think he does his own qualitative business, and he lives in Ohio part of the year. He's in Florida now. And so last semester, being August through December, these students, there were six of them, designed both qualitative and quantitative research to measure chapter engagement. Um, did an amazing job, and they got to present this at the conference last week in Miami. And so, obviously, you know, four of the, four of the six students have to go free of charge. So it was a great opportunity for them. They got to present, and by the way, the day they presented, they were probably the fourth or fifth speaker of the day, and the first four were just like professional speakers, like amazing speakers that are engaging and funny and you know, just perfect, right? And then I had to tell them at lunch, I'm like, look, that is not the bar you need to be at. Because, you know, most market research conferences, they have some good speakers. Um, some of them aren't great speakers because a lot of times it's around content or case study, right? And a lot of us aren't the best professional speakers. But this day, it was an amazing lineup of speakers. And I was amazed at how confident they were despite, like, seeing this amazing speaker after amazing speaker. Three of them had written books. So three authors, which is kind of intimidating probably as well. Uh, but they were awesome, so they, they led the discussion and presented results on the engagement. And, there were, I mean, people obviously were asking lots of questions, and they fielded tons of questions. And they didn't just participate in that presentation. They participated in the rest of the conference, too. So they asked a lot of questions of other speakers. And, and you know, there's always team-building events and group activities. They were really participating in that. So that was super rewarding for me to watch them, kind of the culmination of something. These are all students that um, their volunteer organization – at NKU is called the Underground Agency, and so they've had an instructor kind of lead them through this. But they're volunteers. They didn't get paid for this other than the trip. They all have part-time jobs. They all go to school full-time. They had, they had to skip school to go present this at a conference. But it's, it's a cool opportunity for them. Yeah, I, I'm sure heading down to South Beach in January is <laughs> so rough. Yes, and it was. I told a, I told a lot of the people that were there like hey these are students everybody buy them some drinks so they had outlets for getting free drinks <laughs> so they knew who to kind of go to and who had a corporate credit card ready to kind of buy a round for them that's good whoo that was a lot on that on the miami conference right yeah it is and uh, then so the next week of SampleCon, and then we'll talk more about SampleCon. yeah do you want to just give a quick preview of SampleCon? we're going to do a more of a recap yeah. for next week but you you, Mary Draper, Mike Holmes, and Tony Brown are heading down to yep. Atlanta here next week. Yep. I think you're leaving Sunday. Everyone else is, they think, leaving Monday. Yeah, the conference really doesn't start till Monday evening. I'm going down Sunday to just, I'm as being very new to the board, um, going and just seeing if there's anything I can do. Um, 
I might have a role responsibility. I don't even know yet. Who knows what I'm doing there? <laughs> I might be leading a track or speaking. Who knows? But get, making sure that I'm setting the conference up for success and kind of jumping in and helping out. Um, I know all the people on the board, and I'm sure they've done an amazing job. I've known Rachel Altmont for years. We interviewed her at least once, maybe twice, right? We've interviewed twice. her twice. Um, we'll probably be doing the po- – I'm just going to say it right now. We're going to be doing the podcast from SampleCon um, in some form. I'm going to bring a, a traveling recorder. So if you're listening to this in Atlanta, um, come see me, and we can get you on the podcast. Yeah, just a couple minutes. Say hi. Yeah, yeah. Two, to, two to 25 minutes. I don't know. Probably I, more I like think that's four. a good range. Probably like four or five minutes. Well, so yeah, that's next week. I also like how you did the humble brag in there that you're on the board of SampleCon now too. Yeah, I'm on the board there, which is um, which is great. Yeah, I get the inf- I get the shape and influence of an amazing conference. I'm pretty excited about that. All right, so yeah. should we move on? I think so. Um, we didn't bring Emma on today just to have her talk Be- like berated. twelve words. <laughs> yeah. So Brian, I'm going to kind of turn it over. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk to Emma a little bit about kind of what she's she's currently taking some market research classes and some marketing classes and we just wanted to talk to her about how it kind of compares to what she's learning here through her internship yeah so emma again what was your major again it's liberal arts and you're a marketing minor yeah so it's basically the major is three minors oh my gosh so it's like really broad you probably have to go to grad school to make it work so and you have a marketing research class? Yes. Yeah, I'm taking a class that's actually called market research. And then in the past, I've taken a consumer behavior class. But okay. since starting here, I've kind of just channeled all of my elective classes to be some kind of market research, something or other. So Yeah, so what's going on in your class? What have you learned? And can you kind of compare that to what we do here? Yeah, so we just started learning Qualtrics. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we've, we haven't gotten very far, but I was – felt ahead of the game because I knew what Qualtrics was. Yeah. So, and that I learned here. Um, yeah, in general though, yeah. just in relation to my classes, I always thought that school would prepare you for an internship. Right. But I think because I got this internship right at the end of my sophomore year and then I was starting to take more um, like specific classes that this internship has prepared me for school. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great that you that they kind of go hand in hand. And, I mean, you're obviously young and you have a whole career ahead of you. And this will hopefully help kind of put you in the right direction for where you want to go. So you're probably learning things that you do enjoy. And you're probably seeing things that you maybe don't want to do. And that, to me, that's just as important. Like, figuring out what you don't want to do is just yeah. as important as identifying what you do want to do. Um, so um, what else are you learning in class? Uh <laughs> um, I guess uh, the main thing that we're doing is it's a lot of it feels like in my consumer behavior class we were kind of the client so yeah. I was paired with Airbnb oh, cool. so basically we sent out interviews and talked to people about you know what they liked about it what they didn't and then kind of came up with a plan based on that like data to try and make their app better and things like that but for this market research class we are with another um we're doing cinemark for this one okay but basically it's all just doing surveys and trying to make surveys and then trying to understand the data so a lot more market research versus trying to understand it i guess yeah so once you get to probably to the analysis phase that's where you'll try to probably get to better understanding the consumer behavior of the respondents yeah. right Qualtrics, learning Qualtrics is, I mean, that's their whole strategy was to try to get ingrained in universities. So they did a good job at that. So you'll learn how to program surveys. You can become a survey programmer. 
No. <laughs> can, we, can we just say that is a brilliant strategy of getting people to learn it at yeah. college? Hey, let's give it for free. Because yeah. when you're in the workforce, that's what you know, and they'll become decision makers. And, and then you have liberal arts majors learning Qualtrics, which is kind of amazing <laughs> to me. Yes, yes. Yeah, so when, when will these surveys launch? You know? I have no idea, but yeah. I'll probably send out an email to the office to okay. have everybody test take it. My survey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll test it and give you some feedback on it. Yeah. Way too much feedback, probably. Well, cool. So you're a junior, and I think that having an internship as a sophomore is such an advantage, and I, I see that more and more in universities. Like I can't even imagine having an internship as a sophomore. I, to me, between my sophomore year and graduation, which is only two years, right, it would seem like a lifetime away. And I wouldn't think I need an internship at a sophomore. I wanted to like just make enough money to like have beer and pizza on the weekend. Right. And like people like you and other interns in other universities, in order to compete, have to now get internships at a younger level, right? Yeah, I mean, I was freaking out at the end of my sophomore year that I didn't have an internship. Like, yeah. I was really worried because since I'm not a marketing major, I'm not doing co-ops or anything like that. So I was really stressed out, and I was I felt like I really needed to have an internship, and then working here and I realized that you know there's so many people who don't yeah. and it's just so beneficial like yeah everything that I've learned and since I like being here I get to try a lot of different things right so I was taking a podcast class this past semester in the fall right and I came here and Brian taught me more producing an episode for this and just working yeah. on that in 20 minutes than I learned in weeks of class. And it's just yeah. like, it touches everything. Like, yeah, the, the practical experience, especially here. I mean, Brian does a really good job of giving you broad. I mean, you're editing blogs, you're updating the website, you're probably doing some things in terms of like email marketing, yeah. right? And lead generation and now podcasting. Like that's a pretty good broad experience that, that you can get here. And then hopefully there's something that you'll be passionate about that when you graduate, you'll have a job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you like the marketing research part of it? I do, yeah. I think um, just having a psych background yeah. is something that I just really like. And I've always wanted to try doing focus groups and stuff and just kind of like doing more in-person things. So maybe in the future I'll try doing more of that. But this is definitely yeah. a really cool fit. Okay. Well, you do an awesome job here. The episode that we did together was just you and I. was, I think, one of the best episodes we've ever done. Wow. So maybe less is more. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. For those listening, you can catch that on the best of. It's uh, okay. Dr. Ari from Twitter. Yeah. Or you can actually go to his his actual interview episode. Um, trying to think, it was the it was one of the special episode ones. Yeah, it was one of the part of the Georgia MMR series. That's yeah. right. Yep. So, um, Emma, thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome back anytime. Oh yeah. Um, and I guess that's gonna end the podcast. Unless we have any phone calls. Still no phone calls, but I do have one thing before okay. we go. Since uh, Sunday is the Super Bowl, who do okay. you got? 49ers, Chiefs. Uh, you know, my my heart keeps saying Chiefs, but I think those 49ers are somehow going to pull it off. The spread's like low, isn't it? Like it's two? like it's like one and a half. Yeah, I think that somehow forty. I don't watch a lot of the West Coast and NFC teams, but I feel like the 49ers are really good. I heard this morning that in on the on the NFC Championship game. Garoppolo only threw eight times. Yeah. So I think it will determine the game as if San Francisco can establish the yeah. run and take essentially keep the play their best offense by keeping the ball out of Mahomes' hands. Yeah. So if, yeah, if Kansas City gets ahead, that could be a problem. 
Yeah. Well, even if well, it's already proven that even if San Francisco gets ahead, they need to stay ahead. Yeah. Because I watched that Texans game and thought it was over. Yeah. Only yep. to come back to turn it off and come back and look at halftime and go, yep. what happened? Okay. Super Bowl Sunday. Place your wagers. Um, and then you'll see us at SampleCon um, at Atlanta. That's February 3rd through 5th. Again, it's Mary Draper, Tony Brown, Michael Holmes, myself. And then um, in March 3rd through 4th. Man, Quirk season starting soon. Quirk's London in February. Uh, Jason Enderhees from EMI will be at the Quirk's Brooklyn in New York March 3rd through 4th. One of my favorite conferences. I don't think I'm going to attend either one of them this year, which makes me sad. Um, but if you have any questions... Um, please email us. We got a lot of good feedback over the past few weeks, and we read them all and we respond to most of them. But we incorporate that feedback um, as best we can. If you have a rant, um, if you have um, any feedback on sound effects or phone calls, email us at intellicast at emi-rs.com. Again, follow us on Twitter, emi underscore research or intellicast1. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.